Welcome to the Heal and Grow Journey podcast. I'm Jennifer, your host, a mental health and wellness advocate, and a trauma survivor. This platform will be used to break the silence and create awareness around mental health in the Black community and in general for all people. My hope is that you will feel seen, heard, supported, and valued as we progress through the journey of healing and growing. Welcome back to the Heal and Grow Journey podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope all is well with everyone. My topic for today is self-reflection. So I've been doing some self-reflecting lately and just kind of, you know, just sitting down and thinking back through past times and, and just looking at how just things that I've experienced in the past, really conditioning and how some of these things might be, you know, showing up in my day-to-day life, present day. I was actually having a conversation with someone and I was talking about the fact that, you know, I consider myself an empath. I have for quite some time once I learned about the term and, you know, that's just something that resonated with me and I felt like, okay, when I researched it, like I check all the boxes. Yeah, I consider myself an empath. I don't really go around like promoting it like some people do. Um, You may see it on their profiles, on social media and things like that. Like they really, really identify with that because I'm not too big on labels, but I do. It does resonate with me. And I know that I can relate to some of the characteristic traits when it comes to being an empath. So if you are not familiar with an empath, basically the root of that is empathy, right? So it's someone that shows and expresses and experiences, you know, a lot of empathy for others, which is generally a good thing, a positive thing. You know what I mean? It's it's always good to have empathy for others. That's something that I think overall is lacking in the world today because I'm someone that's really big on the whole you know, just treat others the way you'd want to be treated, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes and things of that nature. So that's always kind of been, you know, the core of my integrity. That's kind of something that has always been an anchor for me. So when it comes to being an empath, there's a few different ways that it's described. So one of the ways it's described is it's a person that experiences a great deal of empathy often to the point of taking on the pain of others at their own expense. Also, it's the ability to sense what people around them are thinking and feeling. Feeling other people's emotions, you want to help them, even save them. And then this is a perspective from the relationship and inner work coach, Miles Scott. I think I've mentioned him before on this podcast, but one of his perspectives it's described as the empath feels for others so strongly because it's likely they were conditioned early on to believe other people's emotions and needs were more important than their own. So that was a mouthful that I just said. So when I came across um, Miles Scott's definition of an empath, I was like, ooh, you know, that really... 
I won't say it triggered me, but it was really eye opening. And I was like, you know, I've been kind of dragging my feet <laughs> a little bit um, around addressing being an empath on this podcast or even, yeah, just starting the conversation because I know that there was a lot more to it and that I haven't, I never really got down to the root of my conditioning as an empath. And I knew that there was more to it, but I just hadn't peeled back those layers yet because, you know, it's just so much. So I was just kind of waiting on that. But when I came across that, I was like, okay, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to just dig a little deeper and figure out what's really going on with this whole empath thing. Like where, where did that conditioning come from? Because what he brought to my attention is that Oh, let me let me backtrack. There's two forms of being an empath. You can be a disempowered empath where it's kind of like you're giving your power away to others. And then you can be an empowered empath where you have a proper balance of empathy without you, you know, abandoning yourself. So when it comes to a disempowered uh, empath, it's someone that takes on the emotions, energies, responsibilities, and burdens from others. They have an imbalance with giving and receiving. Basically, they give too much. It's too much giving. And so it feels they feel drained, heavy, or even physically ill after too much interaction, you know, with people. That's a disempowered empath. So it's basically, you know, when you walk into a room and let's just say somebody's in a bad mood, someone's in a funk and maybe they're projecting or maybe it's just the nonverbal communication. Like you can just pick up on the vibe, the energy, the tension. You just pick up on it, but you, instead of observing it, it's like you end up absorbing it. And so it like, you take it on as your own. And then so now whatever mood that person's in is like now you're also in that mood. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like someone else is able to it's like a thermostat, but someone else is able to control your own temperature. You know what I mean? Without instead of you controlling it because you you have been so conditioned to just be very attuned to what's going on around you and how other people are feeling and things of that nature. So you're able to just really pick up on that. So when I was reviewing Miles Scott's content, he had some thought-provoking questions around the whole empath description. So again, like I said previously, he said the empath feels for others so strongly because it's likely they were conditioned early on to believe other people's emotions and needs were more important than their own. And then so the questions that he had um, regarding that is this, he was like, ask yourself, when did you stuff your own emotions down because you were guilted, shamed, ignored, or disciplined? How did you learn to always be taking care of others and their needs? Did you have care a caregiver or a sibling who made their emotions a higher priority than yours? As a disempowered empath, because we prioritized other people's needs and emotions above our own, it means we've abandoned ourselves and our needs to earn love. We continue this mostly anxious attachment style pattern 
in relationships and willingly become the fixer and saver of our mainly avoidant attachment style counterparts. We choose them because it recreates a familiar dynamic, one in which we've mastered, one that fits in with our helpful and empathic identity we've created over the years where we can continue to prioritize others in exchange for love or at the very least being chosen. I was like, whoo. I just said, ooh, that was, you know, he just peeled. He peeled back all the layers. He peeled everything <laughs> right then and there. And I was like, wow, that's so deep, you know. it, And that's why, you know, once you start doing your reflecting, you always just end up back in your childhood. So, So basically what he's saying is to become conditioned as an empath, when you get to the root of it, it's like you were kind of conditioned and taught to prioritize other people's needs above your own. You know what I mean? So for example, let's just say if you're okay as a child. So if if you were sad about something, right? Let's say it was either your parent or a sibling or a friend, yet somebody else was also sad about something. It's like you would no longer give attention to your needs and your emotions and what you are feeling in that moment and why you are sad or even articulating what's really going on with you and how you're feeling. Instead, what you would do is you would then just kind of turn your focus to the other person. So now you're you're more concerned about, you know, your sibling um, that's sad. And, and so now you're trying to maybe console them and comfort them and just figure out what's going on with them. And you're just prioritizing them and their needs. And you have completely abandoned yourself and whatever it is that you were sad about and how you were feeling. And now you've kind of suppressed your feelings. You're not even talking about what's really going on with you because now it's all about them. And for some reason, you've just been conditioned to do that over and over again. And we don't automatically do that, right? So there had to have been some type of pattern where, and maybe not even consciously, but subconsciously, whether it was your parents or anyone who had some type of major influence over you, they somehow, maybe whenever you started to talk about how you're feeling and what's going on with you, you know, maybe they just kind of changed the subject or, you know, all of a sudden now it's, you know, they start talking about what's going on with them instead. And so now the focus is on them. So really, you just never really had that opportunity or that space for you to really express how you're feeling and for you to sit and know, okay, this is how I feel. This is what's going on with me. Like you just didn't have that space. It, It wasn't well received. And again, this may not have been consciously. I'm not saying anybody had to necessarily sit you down and be like, hey, we just don't really care about how you feel, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. But subconsciously, that's probably what happened. And so you just learned that, okay, for me to survive in this environment, the way for me to receive love in this environment, the way for me to feel accepted and and chosen and seen in this environment is for me to kind of suppress how I truly feel and just prioritize how everybody else feels and what's going on with them. And so when you've been doing that since childhood, by the time you've become an adult, you've pretty much have mastered it. 
you know, and that's when, yeah, you can just walk into a room and you just feel everybody's energy and you just can read the room. You can just read it. And again, that's not a bad thing per se, because a lot of times it has helped me, you know what I mean? For sure. To be able to, to, it's like discernment, you know, it's just a higher level of discernment, which we all know discernment is kind of there for your protection as well. But the tricky part is that, okay, you can read the room, you can understand how other people are feeling and things like that, but don't abandon yourself. You know what I mean? Still make space for them, but have that balance where you have space for yourself first and foremost, and then you can make space for others. But don't abandon yourself and just take on everybody else's stuff. And now you've abandoned yourself. You've betrayed yourself. And, you know, you're not showing up for you. You're not being your true authentic self. You're not exploring what your best interest is. You know what I mean? Like what your needs are. So that's the trick. Okay. Which I have yet to master. I've gotten so much better, but yet to, you know, master that. and. There's a lot of healing that's required, you know, around that because it's been years and years of conditioning. So now you have to kind of shift your brain to realize like, hey, I'm important also. My needs are important. I matter. What I like, dislike, it matters. You know what I mean? Like my emotions matter, how I'm feeling, like all of that and understanding that, okay, It's okay for me to prioritize myself in that manner without feeling like I'm being selfish or things like that. Because I I can recall times, even as a child, you know, the minute that, you know, you focus on yourself and what your needs are, people are so quick to call you selfish. And it's like, (laughs) it's not selfish to care about yourself, Um, to love yourself, to prioritize yourself like that's You have to do that. You know what I mean? If you're not good, you're not really that useful to anybody else. So you shouldn't have to sacrifice your entire self and all of your needs in order to not be considered selfish. That That is is actually abuse. It's emotional abuse. You know what I mean? And so I know many of us growing up definitely had that same type of conditioning. So now it's, let me be the first to tell you if you're not already aware, it's okay. You are not selfish. You are not selfish. It is okay to prioritize your own needs. It's okay to even take the time to understand what your needs are, because sometimes we have just buried it so far deep that we don't even know what we like, what we dislike, how we really feel like, because we've never even given ourselves that much attention. That stops now. We're not doing that anymore. We are not doing that anymore. So this was part of my (laughs) self-reflection that I have been doing. And I was just like, wow. That was me. I felt very seen. And I was like, okay, this is the things that I need to unlearn. This is an example of that whole unlearning process that I've talked about several times. And it's like I said, it's not always about learning new things. And sometimes it's unlearning that old conditioning that's hindering us from truly growing and truly thriving. And so it, this is a great you know, example of that. So how do you shift from being a disempowered empath to an empowered empath? And that's something that I'm still researching, but I did come across some tips. And the first one was just check in with yourself. Remember your own needs. 
Stop being so focused on everyone else and sit in your own energy. So again, like I just said previously, it is just stop being so consumed with everybody else and prioritizing everybody else and then forgetting about yourself. Just shift that. You come first. Your needs come first. You know what I mean? And that's not selfish. That is natural. There's nothing wrong with that. Understand what your needs are. Sit with your own energy. Focus on yourself. And then you will be more useful to others because at this point now your cup is full because now you've given yourself what you need and your cup is full so you can pour into other people. So check in with yourself, eat healthy, create a sacred space. Creating a sacred space is important, okay? A safe space to relax, to sleep and things of that nature because as an empath, you pick up other people's energy and you absorb it. And so sometimes you just need to get away from all of that. So you need a safe space where there's no bad energy or anything like that around you that you're absorbing and you can kind of just decompress from all of it. And then they say salt, salt baths are really good to help with that, to help kind of cleanse energy. Like I love Epsom salts. I take salt baths and, you know, obviously they relax your muscles and things, but I always feel lighter for sure, when I come out of that water. So I I definitely think it has cleansing powers to to cleanse your energy. I don't know the logic behind it, but it works. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, just meditation and implementing boundaries. You know, when you're in those environments where people just make you feel very depleted, they just suck all of your energy, you know, just sometimes there are just people that are very difficult, whether it's on your job Or, you know, it could be close family members. You know, you just have to learn how to implement boundaries to protect your energy, your peace of mind, your mental health and all of that. So that is another way to kind of shift from being disempowered to empowered. But I'll definitely continue to research that and revisit this topic and be able to just provide some more context to to what that looks like. But In a nutshell, um, you know, this is the reflection that I had been doing and I just, I knew, I knew that, you know, it was still a journey and there was a lot of healing needed around that. And, you know, what I read thus far, it said extra healing. So, which I've been giving myself. And so that's why, you know, there's just so many layers to this process. And, you know, we may start with, okay, childhood trauma, but like, it's so, everything is interconnected. It's so interconnected. And that's why I truly believe that everybody, you know, needs to kind of go through their own healing journey because we all need it. And just some of us are just not conscious of what's really going on with ourselves. So I hope that, you know, you as a listener found this, you know, helpful. If it doesn't resonate with you personally, if you know someone that it may resonate with, definitely share this episode with them so that they can take a listen to it. And I'm sure that it will add some value to their process or at least enlightening them and intriguing them to want to start their process of healing. Okay, well, I really, really hope that you have a blessed week and until next time. If you need to contact me, I can be reached via email at healinggrowjourneypodcast.com at gmail.com. If you have not done so already, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. 
if you enjoy listening to Heal and Grow Journey. I would greatly appreciate the support. In addition, please follow the Heal and Grow Journey Instagram page at Heal and Grow Journey. Please like and follow the Heal and Grow Journey podcast Facebook page and the Heal and Grow Journey podcast Twitter page. Until next time, take care.